This podcast is brought to you by PodPro Australia. Hi, I'm Karen Hillen. Welcome to the My HR Partner podcast. We talk about all things HR from recruitment to ending employment. If you'd like support with your HR, check out our website, www.myhrp.com.au. Hello and welcome to the My HR Partner Podcast, where we talk everything HR. And once again, welcome Karen Hillen. Thanks. Okay, today we're going to talk about what most employees would be quite interested in, I'd, I'd imagine, but also for employers to be able to manage, and that is leave. Uh, can you tell me, what types of leave are we entitled to in Australia? Because there's, there's plenty, isn't there? There's quite a few different types of leave that employees are entitled to. And most of these types of leave um, that I'm talking about are for permanent employees. So that could be full-time or part-time employees. I suppose I'll start with casuals first, just to tell you what types of leave casuals can get um, because they don't get most of it. Casuals can have unpaid personal carers leave, also known as sick leave. They can have um, unpaid um, compassionate bereavement leave. So, And some um, casuals will also be entitled to long service leave. But apart from that, casuals don't get leave because they get 25% loading on their pay rate. Okay. Yep. So permanent employees, obviously there's a there's a swag of them there for permanent employees, isn't there? There is. So permanent employees get four weeks annual leave. You were telling me just before we started this that uh, Americans, they only get two. I think they get something like two um, and I think they have a few different schemes where there might be some different entitlements they get. But, yeah, we're lucky we well, get I'm four weeks. Well, I'm very thankful we're in Australia then. Yeah. So four weeks leave, um, annual leave for, for permanent employees, and that's on a pro rata basis for part-time employees based on the, the normal hours that they work. Then we have personal carers leave, also known as, as sick leave, uh, which is 10 days per year and then pro rata for part-timers. What happens if you have an employer who's sick more than 10 days? Then it's unpaid sick leave or unpaid personal carers leave. Uh, It's also important to note that that accrual continues to accrue year after year for both annual leave and for personal carers leave. So with annual leave and go into this in a bit more detail um, later, but um, it's good to manage annual leave to make sure it doesn't get um, accrued too much and get out of control. But with personal carers leave, it just continues to accrue. So if you have an employee that never takes sick leave, they don't need to take carers leave to, to look after sick children or you know relatives or anything like that, then the 10 days a year um, continues to accrue. So if you have an employee that never has taken any sick leave after 10 years, they'll have 100 days. Wow. So um, sometimes people think that that um, ends each year, but it doesn't. It continues to accrue. But it's not something that is an entitlement that's paid out when you leave employment though, is it? No, it's not. So annual leave is paid um, on um, the end of your employment when you leave, but personal carers leave isn't. So it's um, it's an entitlement, but it's an entitlement to use only when you're sick. Sure. So, um, so yeah, it is an entitlement, but not something that's paid out. So other types of leave, there's bereavement 
um, compassionate leave. It's either called bereavement or compassionate leave. And that's not an accrual. It's on a per occasion basis. So, for instance, if you um, need to attend to um, a serious family emergency, then um, that could come under um, bereavement and compassionate leave. Things like going to a funeral um, of an immediate family member um, is also covered in, in that type of leave. So um, there's a definition of immediate family. Um, so it's important to understand who's covered in that, um, but it's not things like cousins and aunties and uncles, but it covers, um, immediate, you know, your immediate family, you know, mum, dad, kids, um, your parents um, and um, grandparents too. So um, there's a better definition on the Fair Work website and also um, I have information about that, but um, that is per occasion. So if you never have to go to a funeral or deal with any of those types of situations, you'll never get it. Um, if you're in an unfortunate situation where you have a string of very um, sad family events where you have um, four grandparents die in the space of six months, for instance, you would get... Um, that leave for every occasion and it's up to two days sure. each occasion. Okay. So how do organisations typically handle annual leave and, and what are some of the best practices for managing and, and tracking annual leave? Yep. So it's good to have a policy about annual leave so people understand um, how many weeks notice you need um, when somebody's applying for leave. So employees then understand that they can't go out and book an overseas holiday until they've had their leave approved. And they understand that that's a process. Um, if there's a, a small business that only has a couple of employees, they probably can't afford to have two people off at the same time. So those things can be covered in a policy. So um, people understand what the process is um, for the business and what the process is to apply. Sure. So again, Every episode we uh, we do of this podcast, Karen, it comes back to your your policies and your procedures, isn't it? And having a roadmap um, that both um, employers and employees can follow when it comes to all of these things. It's easy to have it all in writing. There's there's no question. You can see it. It's in writing. You can read about it, and there are no misunderstandings in relation to what processes are. Um, and it all comes down to communication as well, making sure that people are aware of those policies as well so they know where to go and look for them. They know that they got a copy when they first started. They know they get a copy when it's updated, for instance. So, yeah. Sure. Just back on, on um, annual leave, is are employers able to give more than four weeks as, you know, maybe an incentive to, to employees? And is that something you see happening at all? I don't see it happen very often, but it's definitely something that a business can look at. Um, shift workers actually get more annual leave um, and it's got to be a specific definition of a shift worker. They usually get five weeks, but definitely um, there are businesses out there that will offer six weeks annual leave, for instance. I, I do have a couple of clients that offer um, incentives like that. It can be a great way to attract um, people into your business and just, you know, have that point of difference. So um, it can be something that people do. I don't see it a lot, but it's definitely something you can do 
four weeks is the minimum requirement um, that you can't go under. I've also had businesses ask me if we can, um, we pay way above award, so we just want to give two weeks annual leave. That's not allowed. Um, I can understand the, the reasoning behind it, but um, it's a minimum of four weeks. Sure, sure. So what can you explain to me the concept of unlimited or flexible leave? Yeah, look, that's coming up more and more now where, you know, you see businesses talking about going to a four-day working week or having unlimited leave. Again, I think it's just another way that businesses are looking at to be able to entice people um, as an added extra. So um, it seems to work okay from what I can see and what it, where, where I've seen some case studies. And I think you've got to have a really um, special culture um, for that to work where people just aren't taking advantage of it. But it seems to work in some businesses. So I think if businesses um, are coming up with things like they, this to, to reward their, their employers, I think it's a great thing. Well, look, I mean, we're hearing a lot more about the four-day working week now, aren't we? Yeah. Um, becoming more and more prevalent. Absolutely. And I think there's a difference. You know, some people are going to the, the four-day working week and they're working um, still their 38 hours over four days, but there are some businesses out there that are just working four days. Mm. Um, so on that pro rata basis, but still paying and as I, a full-timer. And I hear that um, research is showing that productivity is, is even going up. Yeah, people are happier. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Interesting yeah. concept. Yeah. And look, so many things are changing in this, this world we, we live in and so many norms are being challenged. Yep. Um, I, I guess HR's got to keep up with that, don't, don't they? And businesses need to keep up with it too and find different ways to, to keep their employees happy. Mm. But that look, that is, again is a fantastic thing about um, my HR partner is that um, you're all over any changes in legislation, um, any changes that affect that whole HR function for a business so business owners don't have to be. They don't have to think about it. That's that's what I'm here for. I suppose just talking about leave too, there are quite um, a number of other types of leave that employees are entitled to um, and according to the Fair Work Act. So it's important to make sure that you do understand those things as well. Um, I, you know, I've had some people say, oh, I don't think I'll offer that type of leave, but it's an entitlement. So things like community service leave. Um, so there's two types of community service leave. There's unpaid and it can be things like if you've got an employee that is um, a volunteer in the SES or the volunteer fire brigades or um, those types of things. If they're going to um, volunteer um, at a natural disaster or an emergency situation, they get unpaid leave for that type of thing. And jury duty also comes under community service leave. And that's actually um, an element of paid leave up to 10 days a year, I think, um, where it's a top-up pay arrangement. So um, the employee has to give um, proof of um, attending the jury and, and what payment they received from the courts and the business needs to top that up. Sure. There's also parental leave. Uh, parental leave's mostly unpaid, but again, as you said, can can businesses offer more than the four weeks annual leave? Businesses can also offer paid parental leave if they want to, but the um, the the entitlement is unpaid. But there is a, a paid parental scheme that the government looks after and the government pays. 
So again, a lot to understand and be be on top of, isn't there, as a business owner? So much. And, you know, if you talk about another type of leave, leave without pay, leave without pay is not actually an entitlement. So it's not something you have to give your employees. But again, um, it is something that you can um, consider for an employee that might want to take extra holidays or they've got um, something that they need to take some leave for. And that's a little bit different to unpaid sick leave or unpaid personal carers leave. Here's an interesting question around sick leave. So uh, an employer goes off on, on sick leave and the employer discovers through whatever means that they believe that the employee is not actually sick or, or under the conditions that they've led them to believe. Where does one stand in that situation? Oh, look, I've seen it happen a lot. Oh, look, I'm sure it does. <laughs> Uh, quite often people will, you know, chuck a sickie and they're all over social media that they're at the beach yeah. or they're at a music festival or they're off on a weekend away. Do, do you remember, did you ever watch Ferris Bueller? Do you remember that movie? And he takes the day off and yep. goes everywhere and he, he's almost seen on TV catching the yeah. ball at the, the baseball. <laughs> I think that's the thing, you know, it's, Sometimes people aren't very clever about thinking that, oh, maybe somebody might see that. So it can be difficult and, and it depends on the circumstances. So for for instance, if somebody is off sick and they um, provide a medical certificate, it's really difficult to disagree with a medical certificate, even if you see them posting <laughs> themselves on you know Instagram or Facebook and they're at the beach or you know they're um, off doing something. It can be a little bit of a tricky situation, but um, you, again, policies and procedures come it, into play. It all comes back to it, doesn't um, it? For instance, you can have a policy to say um, what circumstances you need a medical certificate. So if you're a business that has a huge problem with people taking lots of sick days and you know or you suspect a lot of them aren't genuine, you might want to have a policy that says employees have to bring a medical certificate for every single occasion. Sure. If you don't need that and that's a bit extreme, you might want to have something that says um, two or more consecutive days you need a medical certificate, possibly before and after weekends, public holidays, holidays, things like that. So you can set those rules in relation to what sort of um, circumstances you need a medical certificate. But I think too, if, you know, getting back to if somebody has just um, had the day off, said they're sick, they don't have a medical certificate, and you got some pretty serious proof that they weren't sick, you would definitely be bringing them in for a meeting and, and having a discussion about it. You can't have a performance discussion about someone being sick, but you can certainly bring them in and ask them the questions if you've got proof or you suspect that that they're not sick. Could, and could you have it in a different area of your, your policies and procedures handbook under disciplinary? Um, have you ever seen that? I guess you, you don't expect people to, to do it, so it's, it, you can't cover every eventuality, can you? Yeah, look, it's it's, it's a form of misconduct, really. That's what I would have thought, if, yeah. If, if, you, if you can prove that somebody wasn't sick when they said they were, I would definitely be bringing them in for, um, for a meeting to, to ask the questions and it may result in some type of disciplinary action. So um, it's one of those things where it will depend on each circumstances and, and what's happened because somebody might have, I don't know how, but a perfectly reasonable explanation of why they're sick but they still went what to the music beach. festival. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I think it can really depend Again, a on the circumstances. Yeah, mm. yeah, and important to make sure that you've got clear policies and guidelines yep. in place so people know. 
So your your handbooks that you help with your employers with uh, would cover and have definitions of all these types of leave? Yeah, it covers all of the different types of leave entitlements that, that people are entitled to under the National Employment Standards um, and, and also processes in relation to things like um, how to apply for leave and, um, and, and, you know, even if there might be rules about when um, people can take annual leave, some businesses might have a blockout period. Um, accountants, for instance, might say that you can't um, have annual leave over the busiest period of the year when you're doing tax returns, if that's what they do. So you can put those sorts of things in as well and and, and, and give those guidelines and rules about um, what people can and can't do. Also important to note too that in a lot of awards, there's also some, um, some recent changes about um, shutdown periods. A lot of businesses close down over Christmas, New Year, usually for two weeks, sometimes longer. Um, there used to be a clause in a lot of awards that said you could direct people to to take unpaid leave. That's changed slightly now. So it's important to be on top of those things as well. Make sure you're managing annual leave as well so people do have enough annual leave to cover those shutdown periods and also manage annual leave um, on the other end of the spectrum where um, you're asking people to take leave regularly so they don't end up building up, you know, 20 weeks of annual leave because they've never had a day off the whole time they've worked for you in 10 years. Sure. So when you talk about Christmas and New Year, you can, as an employer, um, make employees take annual leave at a certain period of time. You You can request them to. You can request. Okay. That's a very important thing to know. Yeah. Because I think most employees would would think that... um, you know that that that's just a given. I, I have to take that time off. We're we're closed. Yeah. So I I think that it, it can get a bit complicated. But I think that the main way you're going to run into problems is if they don't have enough accrued leave. So um so it's important to have the conversation, get the advice, make sure you understand what's in your specific award when it comes to those um, shutdowns. Sure. I suppose just talking further about that, another type of leave is public holidays. Um, and public holidays, um, the main ones are the same across Australia, um, but there are also some variations across states and even regional areas. So it's important to understand um, what public holidays um, are relevant for your business and your staff and also understand um, the regional days that, that might be applicable um, in where your business um, is. And also part-time employees only get public holidays on the days they would normally work. So if you've got an employee that doesn't work on a Monday, they don't get the most of the public holidays that fall on a Monday. On a Monday. Yeah, so it's important to understand that. In hospitality, retail, businesses that work across, you know, every day of the week, it's important to understand um, when there's, you know, Easter and Christmas where there might be a public holiday in some states. Easter, for an example, will be... Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, all the public holidays. In some other states, only some of them are. So it's important to educate yourself. Again, I've got information um, in my HR hub. I've got a public holiday calendar in there for all states. So you can have a look and see what public holidays apply to your business. Karen, I'm continually blown away by just how much knowledge you have. And, um, you know, for any business owners out there listening to this um, 
couldn't highly recommend enough going to Karen for all the resources that she has and the services she has to offer. So you don't have to worry about um, all this stuff. You're, you're po- possibly listening and, and being overwhelmed, as I, I certainly have been through a number of these uh, episodes on just how much you need to know. Well, actually, you don't need to know it. You just need to have Karen in your corner because she knows it and will be able to look after it for you. So where can somebody get in touch with you, Karen? Uh, just before I let you know that, I just wanted to also say the other uh, other types of leave. Oh, I'm sure we, haven't, we haven't finished. I'm sure I've forgotten a couple, but one of the, um, the important types of leave that has had some updates lately is... Um, Family and domestic violence oh, leave. Okay. So um, there, there's actually a paid entitlement for that type of leave now. Right. So it's important to understand that as well. Yeah. And also the privacy considerations around that type of leave too. Sure. So I just didn't want to leave that no, out. Look, um, I, I don't want people saying you've forgotten that. Very important. Look, um, that, that's why leave. I was wrapping up because I didn't know that existed. <laughs> yeah. um, and again, I don't think many people would. Probably, and look, to be honest, I would hope that there's no business in Australia that ever has to grant no. that type of leave. Unfortunately, there, there will there be is, no. There is, yeah. Um, so um, I think it's a it's a good safety net for people who really are struggling and um, mm. need that little bit of extra support. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, I, and, you know, I'd hope there'd be no employers that would have any problem with having to do it. Well, it's legislation now, so they don't have a choice. No. Um, but, yeah, so where can you find me? Uh, my website is www myhrp.com.au and um, all the different social channels, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube and this podcast. Um, with, on the website, you'll find all of my information. You can book in for calls. You can um, get where, um, you can get policies and contracts and um, there's lots of information on there. Fantastic. Book in for a call and find out what Karen can do for you. Once again, thank you very much. Thanks. Have a good day. <laughs>